Hey guys, and welcome back to the Penny's Pounds podcast with your host Kia. And this is a podcast where we aim to dispel your myths, simplify difficult finance jargon, and rectify your own personal problems. We are back again with another episode. Super excited, talking about the working world again. So we're back here, and we're back with our amazing guest, Toby. Toby, introduce yourself again for those of you who may have forgotten or don't know who you are. My name is Toby Dada, and I'm glad to be back. Um, yeah, thanks for having me back. Thank yeah. you for being back. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> thanks I'm, for I'm, being I'm back. Happy to be back. So we are going to be talking about navigating the corporate world and summer internships. But before we get into that, as you know, Toby, we've done it already. We're going to do another this or that. Are okay. you ready for this one? I'm ready. Okay, first one. So when you're working your nine to five, would you rather choose a 1K bonus, so a £1,000 bonus, or an extra two weeks of holiday time? 1,000K bonus? Yeah. Two weeks, definitely. Two weeks of holiday time. You're going yeah. to pass up the £1,000? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> you just want more relaxation time. Yeah. Fair enough. That's fine. Right, now, would you pick nine to five or contracting? You can actually earn a lot as a contractor. You, you can. Know, but you don't get the same work benefits. Yeah. So, you know, like if an employer is giving people free, like, private health care, you won't get that as a contractor. Um, maybe when I'm much older, I think when you're younger, it, it sort of helps to yeah. work for the firm. So, yeah, I would choose the nine to five. Nine to five, yeah. fair enough. Would you pick a pay rise of £5,000 or a company car? Company car. Company car. Although I do need to find out how they work because I think you still have to... You do, you do have to make contributions, yeah. 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 But the, like, for example, your workplace might pay like 8K towards it and you might just pay four over yeah. the period of whatever time. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, given everything I don't know now, <laughs> probably a company car. Company yeah. car. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Would you rather be loved by your team and hated by the CEO or hated by your team and loved by the CEO? Loved by your team. Because that would be a nightmare if you're hated by your team and you have to come in every day. That's, that's true. That's crazy. You don't mind if the CEO hates you? Well, the CEO won't see you. You won't see the that's CEO. True. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, because I'm quite young, by the time I'm older and in a position where I'm interacting with the CEO, he's yeah. probably going to be long gone. Well, the one that hates me. That's true. So, yeah. that's, you're yeah, smart yeah. thinking. You've got to think. You've got to think. 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 <laughs> okay, a final one. Would you rather unlimited holidays for a year or a mortgage-free flat? Mortgage-free flat. You don't want to go on holiday? You want to see the world? I do, but mortgage-free flat. You're going to have to pay... Okay, unlimited free holiday. What's included? What, like, food? Everything. Uh, everything. It's whatever you want. Just You can travel the world as many times as you want for a year. For a year? Everywhere. But then... Five-star the accommodation. Free, the mortgage-free house is forever. Flat. Flat. It's forever. Flat. It's true. Yeah. Mortgage-free flat. There we go. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> right. So your answers were great. Thank you so much, Toby. Now we're going to get in to... Talking about the corporate world, and this is something that everyone's going to get into at some point. Well, unless you go down an entrepreneurial life, but the likelihood is that you're going to at least get some, at least one corporate experience, right? Mm-hmm. So, we want to find out your experience. You touched on it before in a previous episode, but where are you at? What was that like for you, your journey? So, the corporate world. Yeah. I think the first interaction I had with the corporate world, so to speak, was when I was in university and I got an email from like one of these like diversity recruitment places i think yeah. it was seo london yes i was i was Ooh. part of them as well <laughs> yeah seo london yeah. yeah they're a great organization like having an insight day um mm-hmm. at jp morgan so like jp morgan investment bank and yeah like you know would i want to come and i was like oh what's this um and i was like yeah okay i put my name forward but before that actually my friend who i was at university at um we were talking about like what we wanted to do after we graduated and i had wanted to go work for a tech firm. I wasn't really interested in like finance or working for anywhere else. And he was like, oh, he's applying 
for spring internships. Mm. Um, and then he was like, yeah, he's going to apply to Barclays. I'm like, why would you go on and work for Barclays? He's like, what do they do? Like, just do like flipping banking, like what's that? <laughs> and then he got the spring um, internship and he told me how much he was getting paid for the week because the spring internship is one week. And I was like, what? You're getting paid? You know, like that much for one week. Okay, maybe I need to look into banking. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess that's what piqued my interest. And then, a couple of weeks later, I got the whole invite to the... Um, Amazing. Uh, ...insight day. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know you kind of mentioned that you are in the corporate world at the moment. So how, how how did you find it? So before we even talk about like just being in that world, the application process, how was that? Because I have friends who have gone through it, still going through it. They find it really difficult. There's so many different stages. How was your experience? Yeah. So I applied for like a summer or like an internship and then if you apply for an internship and you perform well during, um, you know, the 10 weeks or however long you're there, uh, oftentimes they can offer you a job. Mm. Um, and I would say the internships are a lot easier to get than the grad jobs um, because with the grad jobs, everyone's applying for them and they also expect you to have a lot more experience. Mm. So yeah, that, that <laughs> a lot of people that apply for grad schemes, yeah, it can be quite, quite tough and intense. Um, but yeah, the process is rigorous. So for me, I had to do like a... Um, a coding challenge thing. Wow. They yeah. sent me like a coding test to do. So, cause I applied um, for a tech role and then I had to also do a video interview as well. That all gets sent off to those people. And then I think they, they look at, you know, how well you did in the test and they also watch your video interview. And if they like what they hear, you progress to the next stage. Um, and the next stage for me was an assessment center. So an assessment center is another way of just saying an interview or a series of interviews. So I had three different interviews. Wow. Um, this was pre-pandemic as well when interviews were yeah. actually in person. So as you're well. traveling, yeah, yeah. Every so time I went, out. yeah. So no, free interviews in one day. Oh, in one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my so gosh. Assessment center, yeah, free interview in one day, and it was like um, one was a technical interview, so just questions about like you know the technical roles and like, what you'll be doing and whether you know this or that. Um, and then the second one was about um your competencies, so who you were as a person, mm -hmm. like you know, name a time you've worked in a team, you know, um, okay. name a time you've been a leader, all that kind of stuff. And then the third one was um, a team exercise. So we got given different characters and then we had to read about the scenario. And we all had to like play our roles in that scenario and come up with like some solution at the end. So yeah, that was that was quite fun. The team one was quite fun. Yeah, but, yeah, quite um, fun. yeah that was the interview process actually. Yeah. And then from there you got basically confirmation. Yeah, saying yeah, yeah. So took about maybe a week for them to call you back and be like, yeah, we want you to come work here. And then, like, That's amazing. That must have been a great yeah, feeling. Yeah, it was. It was, <laughs> it was a lot of work. Yeah. The preparation was, was was crazy. Yeah, but I had a lot of help um, and support from people. So yeah, it definitely. That's amazing. So touching a bit more on some internships, how do you go about finding one? And and another question to add on, is it just for why you're at university? So if, if you're a graduate and you're like, oh, I'm out now, as you say, as those people, you're applying for the same graduate roles. Can you say, I'm just going to go and do an internship? Yeah, so I know some companies offer what they call off-cycle um, internships. So I think those are for people who have left university or I think you can apply even though you're, you are in university, but they're off-cycle. So instead of them being in summer, normally they're in winter. Mm. And oftentimes, you know, you're not on break when you're, you know, yeah. during December or during like the earlier months of December, like October. So I think it's meant for people that are... Um, are, have, have finished university so yeah there are some apprenticeships to find a summer internship um there are a lot of you know really good websites like seo london mm -hmm. um i think you can find a lot of good summer internships through that i think you need to also find what sector you're looking for 
Um, and like, I guess, again, Google is your best friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just search some internships in XYZ and you should be able to find a good list. Also, if you are at university, um, a lot of universities have career, um, yes, career have, yes. advisors or yeah. career, like a career, like institution or whatever. And I think you can approach them and ask um, if they, um, you know, have any opportunities to them. Summer, any summer opportunities as well. Um, and some lecturers do hire people over summer help them with their research projects. That's so I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, That's interesting. yeah, yeah. So um, if you, you know, if you like your lecturer or he likes you, you could ask him, you know, do you have any opportunities in summer? Yeah. And you might be able to get one through that. Oh, that's really good. That's that's a great gem. I had no idea about <laughs> yeah, that. I could have yeah. been I had to do some French. I'm joking. I'm joking. I wouldn't have done that. I want to ask you, now you're kind of in this space now, what's a challenge that you've come across that obviously you've had to overcome? But like, what's been a challenging thing about entering this nine to five corporate world? Mm, imposter syndrome. Mm. I think a lot of people can think, especially if you come from like an underprivileged background, you know, oh, you know, like I'm inadequate or I don't really deserve to be here. Um, like I just got lucky, like why did they hire me? But I think you just need to build the mindset that you earned every every door that's open for you, every room you're in, you've definitely earned your place there. Yes. And um, a lot of people, um, you know, that come from more affluent background, they, they tend to sleepwalk into into these places and, you know, you might actually be more qualified than some of them. So mm. I, I would say don't count yourself out and know that their processes are quite rigorous. And if they hired you, it's because they believe you can make the money. Um, yes <laughs> it's as simple that is, as that. that's absolutely true <laughs> yeah. that's great and what's one thing you've had to learn to enter in the corporate road um corporate world sorry uh one thing i've had to learn um to wake up on time <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's everyone yeah um but i think i think um to understand that like it's not a sprint it's a marathon so like, i remember when i first started like i was working crazy i was really really trying to get the work done mm. and then i had a really deep conversation with my manager and he was like, you know, don't burn yourself out, you know, early on, like, you know, like it's a marathon, you're going to be here for a long time. So it's about, you know, you working at high level consistently, not working like at high level for, you know, at crazy high level for one week and then being, you know, working mediocre. So yeah, that was definitely one thing I had to learn. I that's, down. That is a great piece of advice. Yeah. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. Brilliant. Now we are done with that section so thank you so much for all your <laughs> no tips and your, all your help that's been absolutely amazing now we're going into the section that I know you love would that really happen so this is where we talk about something interesting that's happened in the last week and just get your thoughts on it okay. so now this one we're going to be talking about is we're going to be talking about the bank of mum and dad mm. so I don't know if your mum and your dad's purse strings and wallet strings are open but research from Savills has shown that the bank of mum and dad will have supported nearly 49% of all first time buyer house purchases this year in 2021. Damn. Crazy. And on average, the buyer's parents will have contributed 58,000 pounds in each case. That's a lot what were your thoughts there? <laughs> the bank of mum and dad, if only I had one. Um, Same. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people, yeah, I guess uh, parents feel obligated to support their children, especially because House prices have grown, uh, you know, exponentially and wages haven't grown with them. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not surprised to hear that a lot of people are contributing to them. One thing you've probably said as well on your podcast is that, you know, the first thing you need to do if you want to be financially free or, you know, get your finances and all that is build an emergency fund. Yes. Um, and the emergency fund prevents you from relying on the bank of mum and dad yeah. if you run into trouble. Um, however, this is for something very different. This is to buy your, buy, first, buy house. your first house. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised <laughs> because house prices are expensive, especially in London. So yeah, it doesn't surprise me. It's crazy. I mean, what it says here in total, parents by the end of this year would have lent out to about nine point eight billion 
to their children in 2021. It's a lot of money. Insane. Um, Insane. It's a lot of money. But I think what is crazy about all of this is that, like, at the end of the day, like, you know, your parents, I guess, love you and want you to be better than they did. So I'm not surprised it's happening. Um, I think what's more surprising is what they're using the money to support them to do. Mm. So, um, you know, traditionally, I don't think people often went to their parents to buy a house. Not um, usually, not. Yeah, yeah. But I think now that's definitely become more of the trend. And I think a lot of parents want their children to be homeowners. Yeah. Because a lot of them are. So, um, and I think a lot of people still have this mentality that the only way you can be financially independent and free is if you own your own home. Um, and I don't know if that's necessarily true in this day and age, yeah. but I think a lot of parents think that the greatest thing they can do for their children is to pass on that opportunity to them. Yeah. So, yeah. One last question. Would you do it for your kids? <laughs> yeah, debating. I mean, it depends. It depends on how much I have, whether yeah. it's difficult at the time to get a house and why they want to own their own home. Okay. I think that's a very important question. Like, you sit down with ask them. them. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, why do you want to own your own home? Are they responsible? Are they going to make sure they pay the mortgage yeah. on time? Because if you've got kids who aren't, you know, the most responsible, well, I don't think giving them a house is a very good it's decision. It's probably not the best decision. No. <laughs> yeah. no. Amazing. Toby, thank you again for coming onto the podcast. You always drop gems. But again, if people want to come and find you, where can they find you? So my Instagram is tobes.dada. So you can follow me on there or you can also follow my Instagram page called Toby Talks where I discuss interesting things. Thank you so much toby as always we're back again next week with another episode and yeah thank you so much for being here guys bye bye guys